the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Okay, there we go. That was uh, somehow or another. We had a little John Mearsheimer, professor from the University of Chicago, plugged in as our bumper music just then. And uh, that was rocking pretty good. That, was, uh, that worked all right. It's kind of stealing my thunder on an eventual Ukraine segment that I have in store later in the program. What a disaster this Ukraine business is turning out to be. And, yeah, we will be revisiting revisiting Ukraine. The good old uh, Professor Mearsheimer gave one heck of a speech the other day on this. I printed out the whole thing. I won't go through the whole thing, but it is interesting that Mearsheimer does directly blame the United States of America for causing for causing this whole this whole scenario. He's yeah, he says the United States is principally responsible for causing the Ukraine crisis and that is something that too many people do not quite understand, but somehow, yeah, how is it that your host, your host around here understood that from the absolute get-go? At any rate, I wanted to um, – we have some, some loose ends on the Roe v. Wade scenario, and I wanted to uh, at least go through a few details of it. And again, I've, just, I've talked about the stolen valor concept where you're seeing the never-Trump types – who are somehow trying to bask in the glow a little bit of something that the one and only Trump did and accomplished. National Review is kind of trying to edge into the glory. But if you will remember, National Review had their against Trump issue back in 2016 in which they brought some of their luminary never Trumpers that nascent never Trumpers on to say never, ever you should elect this stupid guy, Donald Trump, to office and yet the pro-life issue has always been a flagship issue for National Review. And now they're over there trying to explain away themselves. And they're not, they're not really, really abandoning their old ways. They're not really congratulating Donald Trump for what he has brought out on this. And it's really kind of a sickness that the never-Trumpers have. And all of these people, and I don't want to name all the names right now. You know all of the names that if they had their way, Hillary Clinton would have been president in 2016, and we would not be in this place we are right now. The life movement would be in the same old place that it has been for decades, in which uh, Republican leaders say, yeah, I'm pro-life, and we're going to do something about that, but then they never do. It took Trump to show up and actually deliver on the promises and get the job done. All right, now... We've got the spectacle of this January 6th propaganda commission, which, by the way, is um, not even making a dent. It's just it's just like low ratings and nobody is watching it. And there was a very interesting commentary from uh, Betsy Woodruff, who writes for Politico. She came out and said that, well, off the record, she's telling Chuck Todd this. I've I've talked to a couple of Democrat representatives who say that nobody gives a bleep about January 6th, and she won't say who they are, of course, because that's the way the media works. You know, they'll, they'll out you if you say something against the regime, but if you're 
If you're pro-regime, they won't out you. But listen to Betsy Woodruff say this. Brings me to the all-important question, Betsy. Does the January 6th hearing break through at all? Is this more proof it does not? I don't think it does. I've talked to two separate Democratic members of Congress in the last couple of weeks about January 6th. Obviously, can't say who. And, and both of them have said offhandedly, nobody gives a bleep about January 6th when they're talking about their districts and the way that elections play out. Yeah, uh, uh, let's pause is, that. That's Betsy Woodruff Swan there. And um, her last name is Swan. She married Jonathan Swan of another of the left-wing publications. And she won't say who they are, but of course it's not making a dent. Nobody gives a bleep about it. Even Democrats are saying that. She's quoting two Democrats there that say that nobody in their districts gives a bleep about it. It's all about gas prices and inflation and grocery prices and all of that other stuff that the left, the Democrats, and Biden are screwing up the country over with a sort of this malicious glee and abandon. Now, why do I bring that in? Is that we've had this January 6th spectacle in which there, the word insurrection is coming up. all in, Oh, insurrection this, insurrection that. And you, you can't question the results of the election. But of course, that's all Democrats have done since 2016 is question the election. Years of it, years of questioning the election results. And they, have, of course, did it in 2004 and they did it in 2000 the year 2000, that's all they did. It's question the election results, but now you can't do that, uh, or else it's like insurrection, right? But um, that same Chuck Todd who was just there talking to Betsy Woodruff Swan, I think he said some very insurrectionary kind of things here when he says this to um, his audience over at Meet the Press. Remember, you could argue that two of the three appointees that Donald Trump had were sort of... um, Done out of bounds, right? The first one oh, really? was a vacancy that occurred basically with nearly a year left on Barack Obama's term. And then, you know, whatever President Mitch McConnell came up with to, to somehow say that that couldn't be filled until after the presidential election, he didn't believe it. When, the, when Ruth Bader Ginsburg died essentially a month before uh, the 2020 election. So you had this. So, the, you know, I think there's a lot of folks who feel as if Gorsuch and Barrett, two of the of the five uh, on this on this opinion, were, were were sort of there unfairly or sort of out of bounds. Out of bounds or illegitimate? Uh, saying the Supreme Court justices are illegitimate and out of bounds. Isn't that insurrectionary kind of chat chatter there, Chuck Todd? Doesn't that isn't he talking about insurrectionary type stuff right there? Is it amazing? that the left is doing this January 6th propaganda commission talking about insurrection. And then they pause it. They pause their whole propaganda for a while about insurrection. And then they switch over to talk about, ah, we have, we need an insurrection now in this country and we need protests at Supreme court justices homes. And, um, I don't see any Democrats, um, speaking out against the vandalizing, of pregnancy centers like the one in Logmont that just got vandalized, the Life Choices Crisis Pregnancy Center in Longmont. I haven't seen Governor Polis come out and denounce that kind of stuff. I mean, so 
you just have to point this out. I mean, pointing out the hypocrisy of the left is the kind of thing you can do all day long. But they're all against insurrection, right? When it comes to this January 6th thing, which was not even anything remotely close to that. But when it comes down to their other pet issues like, uh, yeah, the uh, pro-abortion issue, well, then insurrection is suddenly all cool. And they want they just flip on a dime on that. And I just I just wonder, do, do people like realize that? Do people sort of have any sense of this? And well, I have just a second here. I, I got these clips of it's 12 minutes of Democrats, 12 minutes of Democrats denying Trump's election results, denying Bush's election results in 04 and 2000. And just so you get a little taste of it, I might play them all after a bit, but just just get this. You can run the best campaign. You can even become the nominee. And you can have the election stolen from you. All the prominent Democrats. How can you win with Russian interference, though? That's, That's a real what I'm thing. scared about no, in 2020. But, but rightly. Because right. I think he's an illegitimate president that didn't really win. So how do you... You know, fight against that in 2020. You are absolutely right. He's an illegitimate president in my mind. Would you be my vice president? (laughs) (laughs) Folks, look, I absolutely agree. Trump didn't actually win the election in 2016. He lost the election and he was. There we go. And we've got the bumper music cropping up there. But you get the idea that it was years, years of Democrats saying it was an illegitimate election. In 2016, also in 24, 2000. And uh, then we get this propaganda commission talking all about the evils of insurrection. And then they like pause that even for this Roe v. Wade stuff. And I rest my case, folks. That's that's the world. Yeah, that's the walk the line version from Joaquin Phoenix from that film some years back. And I do kind of like that version. It's not Johnny, but I love that bass line they pumped into that particular tune. And anyway, welcome, 303-696-1971, off to the phone lines in just a minute. Wanted to get a little bit of information in on, you know, the, all the liberal leftist outrage over the, the Roe decision from the Supreme Court. You're not hearing them explain exactly why on the legal front, legally speaking, why this is legally not sound their decision making you're not seeing them do that at all it's just you know the the anger and the outrage and the upset and the riots and the defacing and that's how they respond even rbg as i said ruth bader ginsburg has been critical of the legal reasoning used going back to the original 1973 roe v wade decision okay so what's this is somehow it's not about constitutionality or legality on the the left they're not you're not hearing explanations on that and tucker carlson gets into that a little bit by with some of his statements which i think are quite on on the money here from a legal perspective which is what matters there's nothing surprising about today's decision it was only a matter of time before roe v wade was overturned that's been obvious for decades even democrats once acknowledged it roe was one of those decisions you never heard anyone defend on its own terms Lots of people want legal abortion, but no one's ever explained how exactly the Constitution guarantees that. Roe was a political document. It was not a legal opinion. And for that reason, its existence degraded and undermined the legitimacy of the Supreme Court, one of our country's central institutions. It was poison. 
Now, the purpose of the Supreme Court is simple. It's to determine whether the laws that politicians pass are consistent with the United States Constitution. That's it. That's all the Supreme Court does. What the Supreme Court does not do, what it cannot do and should never do, is make laws. And it should never do that because a court making laws would be, by definition, anti-democratic. None of the nine Supreme Court justices has been elected by anyone. All of them have lifetime appointments. If you cared about democracy and wanted democracy to continue, you would demand that all laws in the United States be passed by elected legislatures. Again, no matter how you feel about abortion or any other specific issue. In a democracy, voters have the final word on how they are governed. That's what democracy is. Now, after nearly half a century, voters have had their rights restored on the question of abortion. If they like abortion, they can vote to legalize abortion. If they don't like abortion, they can vote to ban abortion. That's not shocking. That is how our system is supposed to work, not being a monarchy and all. And all the folks out there that lecture us about, quote, our democracy should be on board with this if they actually don't want unelected judges setting the law of the land, right? I mean, by their, by their standards, by their definitions. Joe Biden, of course, shows up and gave a contrived and sort of slurring statement. They kept him a little bit longer at the White House in their little phony like press uh, office that they designed for him to give speeches to cut him as many times as it takes for him to get it right. They won't let him ride his bicycle anymore, by the way. Uh, here, here, here's, here's President Biden. It was three justices named by one president, Donald Trump, who were the core of today's decision to upend the scales of justice and eliminate a fundamental right for women in this country. Make no mistake, this decision is a culmination of a deliberate effort over decades to upset balance of our law. It's a realization of an extreme ideology and a tragic error by the Supreme Court, in my view. And I mean, you can you can look at that, you know, fundamental right of women. So now they're using the women word, as I mentioned the last hour. They're back to talking about women. They don't need a biologist anymore all of a sudden, politically, to say what a woman is. Fundamental right of women. And I mean, where in the Constitution does this fundamental right come from? Yeah, you don't see those explanations coming forward. But just so I get this in... Let's hear Tucker's response to what President Biden had to say about this. But what's the president talking about exactly? What's this extreme ideology, pro-baby, that's extreme ideology, that, quote, upsets the balance of our law? What is Joe Biden talking about? This particular ruling dramatically reduces the power of unelected judges to dictate the details of the lives of millions of Americans and returns that power to voters. Voters get to decide how they want to live. That's an extreme ideology that upsets the balance of power somehow. We thought that was the whole premise of our system. We thought that was democracy. And yet the very people who've been lecturing us for years about democracy, it's the end of democracy, are horrified by the return of democracy. They're telling us the legitimacy of our institutions is at risk. And yet they cannot allow voters to have a say in how they live. What does that tell you? It tells you they care about power, not popular support. They're afraid to put their ideas to the test of a vote. 
And that's why the Justice Department, which no longer dispenses justice, instead it works on behalf of the Democratic Party, allowed thugs to gather outside the homes of Supreme Court justices for the last several weeks in violation of federal law in an effort to intimidate them into not doing what they did today. And that's exactly on point. The left is about power, power, power. The left is about one thing in this country, and that is power, more power for them, power in their pockets, power in their wallets, power as they want it. And no power for you. They don't want you to have a say in anything, much less, most specifically, the life issue. They don't want you, the voters, in our, quote, democracy, which they love to call it. They don't want they don't want voters to have a say in any of this stuff because it interferes with their power, with their visions for their power. Let's say hello to Linda in Aurora. And welcome, Linda, to the program. How are you this good day? It's fine, thanks. How are you, Matt? Doing well. Honored you're here? Uh, you know, I think this Myra Flores election phenomenon is what's behind this big smear campaign that's going uh, on against Greg Lopez, who's running for governor. Oh, and that's think, interesting. Yeah, I think much of this smear campaign is coming from the Democrats because, of, of course, Greg Lopez is Hispanic, the Democrats are terrified of the Hispanic vote, and they do not want Jared Polis running against the Hispanic. And you're seeing the meme that Democrats are spending money trying to, trying to encourage Lopez to win the Republican primary and trying to encourage Ron Hanks to win the Republican primary. And it makes you wonder if it's actually kind of a reverse psychology because the meme has spread in Republican voting circles that, well, the Democrats want Lopez and the Democrats want Hanks. But what if um, they're actually doing the reverse and playing the reverse psychology game and the Democrats actually don't want Lopez and the Democrats don't want Hanks? You know I, what I, I mean? Think, I think it is the reverse because I'm, I'm hearing a lot of, of the uh, smashing of Lopez, too. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't trust a thing they say and I wouldn't judge – Greg Lopez based on this whole smear campaign, period, or, or, on any, or on anything the Democrats are pushing. Judge him on his merits. Exactly right, man. Linda. I just – and I'm staying out of the primaries. I just think we should not be a part of any of these games. Establishments always play these games, and who knows exactly what they are. Just vote for the candidate that you like, that you think resonates with you and motivates you to bother to vote in this republic of ours. And yes, Hispanics are abandoning Democrats in droves. In droves, Myra Flores proves that, flipping a always Democrat district into a Republican one. And again, Hispanics are 24% approvals of Joe Biden right now. That's the lowest of any ethnic group in America. And that does, that does have a favorable set of uh, you know, wins at the back of, of Lopez right now, got to say. Well, thank you, Matt. Okay. And that's not endorsing anybody. But, Linda, excellent point. You've you've got it dialed in. You know, who knows what, you know, these memes really are or who the Democrats really want. Um, And we just have to respond by just saying we want to vote for who we like. And whoever that is is whoever that is. At any rate. Thank you, Linda. It's Matt Dunn. It's Backbone Radio. We'll be back in a flash. Maybe we'll talk primary in a minute. Little Wonderwall from Oasis bringing us back into the program here. I always loved Oasis, and uh, too bad they just couldn't get along. Like the brothers that were the front two people of the band, they were just always like uh, after each other and hating each other and fighting each other. And 
pretty soon they broke up and ruined what was a pretty good thing. Isn't it kind of too bad that people just can't get along? That anything anything that involves humans gets messy just the way it is. <laughs> and uh, I guess you can just sort of count on that and uh, deal with it. Learn to just deal with it. At any rate, we had a caller talk about uh, some Colorado primary issues in the last going out of the last segment. So I, th- I just thought I would just for a minute, and I'll have to the phone lines in a minute again. If you have a, somebody you'd like to advocate for or against in the Republican primary coming up, feel free to check in, 303-696-1971. And again, I, I stay out of primaries. That's just the backbone way of doing it. And I only make the occasional exception, like when Trump was running in 2016, I dove into that in the primary in a very big and hairy way. Took a lot of heat, but was proven right on all fronts. And that, that is one little thing about Backbone Radio is that, uh, you know, if you want to try to find the radio show that tends to just get things right and has a track record of being right, well, I kid you not, everyone else is getting it wrong for years. Well, this is the place you got to be. And um, Ukraine is the one that I had the very unconventional opinion on from the start. And watch us be validated on that one. Go down the list of the things we get right around here, and it will boggle your mind. Someday I might uh, print out so many of our transcripts of these programs going back a decade or more and then do the assessment. Maybe I should write some books or have have some of these shows and the sentiments in them converted into books. And um, maybe I should stop tooting my horn here, but you know how it is. At any rate, the big races, right? Uh, Governor, Senate, Secretary of State. And I don't know, does it seem like the establishment side is picking one way and the, uh, I don't know, the less establishment side is picking another way? Yes, I suppose it does. But I I just do say this, that I feel like all of the candidates I've seen are capable and competent. And whoever wins any of these races, I'm on board for supporting 100%. And I think establishment people need to make that same pledge that if it's not the candidate they wanted to win – They have to be on board. It has to go both ways. And that's one thing the establishment is known for is not letting it actually go both ways. And you have to do what the establishment wants. And if they don't get their candidate, well, they throw a tantrum and they get all upset. And then that's just the way it is. Well, this is our chance to turn Colorado red. okay? and I think the voters know more than the experts and that there are no experts in the state of Colorado, especially on the Republican side. Any self-professed expert who might have, quote, expertise on Colorado politics if they claim to be a conservative or Republican, well, all they've done in the past 15 years is help turn this state blue, okay? So my advice is, again, and I've said this a few times, don't listen to anybody. Vote for who you like. Vote for the messages you like. Vote for who you just feel like can stand up to the swamp the best. And that's the swamp here in Colorado and the swamp in Washington, D.C. Just get right to who motivates you, and who you think you can trust the most, okay? There's an awful lot of games going on about a meme that, well, the Democrats want Ron Hanks to win. The Democrats want Lopez to win. And um, I just don't buy any of that. All those usual games, that's establishment games. And who knows what's really going on with all that, the shadow money and what are they really up to, and could they be doing the opposite of what they're wanting to do? And it is the case that... um, The Myra Flores victory in Texas does help Greg Lopez in his run for the governorship here, I think. 
And I also do think that the rhino Republican selling out their voters on the unconstitutional red flag laws harms their fellow establishment candidates in races all around America and even right here in Colorado. Okay, you just we're really not in the mood to be trusting establishment rhino Republicans. And so we're going to be looking extra carefully is it who is the least rhino? Who is the one you can trust to not sell out the voters on the Second Amendment and other things in Washington, D.C.? That's where it's at for me. And people just got to make up their own minds and do their own thing. And don't be shamed by anybody about your vote. Don't listen to anybody. Just just you. You just vote. Okay? And again, like I said, I've, I know... I guess I know all the candidates. I've met them here and there along the way, and I think highly of all of them. I think some have more strengths and some have more weaknesses in different areas, but whoever wins, I'm on board with, and I'm going to be pounding away around here at Backbone to try to get this state red, okay? But um, staying out of it in terms of explicit endorsements is my, my approach at the present time. Might be right, might be wrong, but that's what my instincts tell me to be doing right now, and Gosh, I know we have an awful lot of folks listening in on this program, and I just think that, uh, you know, I don't want to tilt the balance of what, uh, you know, to the extent that I could, <laughs> of, what, of what the voters are really wanting. And I think you, you, you let the voters figure it out, and that's where the energy of the party is, and that's who should be carrying the torch, whoever it is. And I will say this about Heidi Gonzalez. She showed up in Longmont. She was out there at the Life Choices Crisis Pregnancy Center in Longmont today and cut a little video. And it wasn't a very substantive video. didn't have a whole lot substantive to say when she was there. But she was there in the vandalized Longmont Pregnancy Center, vandalized by leftists on the abortion issue. Okay? Let's get right to the phones, and we've got a couple of people to chat with. Let's talk to Eric first in Idaho Springs. And I reach over and press the button. And Eric, Idaho Springs, glad you're listening up in the mountains. Welcome aboard. Matt? Oh, is this Eric? Okay, the Eric. Yeah. The great American Eric. Yeah. Hey, you great American? Yeah, I'm in Stapleton. Okay. What's wrong with Boom Boom? I don't know. He, I he put down Idaho Springs. I was like, this, I didn't uh, think it was you. I thought it was some other Eric. Oh, some Boom other Boom, dude. I'm going to... I've got to bring him a couple of burritos, one for you and him both, man, to get him straight. <laughs> anyway, but what thoughts I are you having? To comment, I just wanted to comment on Miss Linda. God bless her, her pee-picking soul. But she's putting the, the cart before the horse. And then you did mention Heidi Ganahl, okay? Yeah. But I I endorsed, but Linda, we got to get over the hump. To have put Greg Lopez in, okay? Uh-huh. I did, me and Felisa, my wife, we did vote for Greg Lopez. But okay. Linda, she forgot to mention Heidi Ganahl. That's, a, you know, uh, he's got to get over that hump first. That's why yeah. I say she's putting the cart before the horse. Yeah. yeah. You know, we got to get him in first. But, uh, you know, Heidi's not going to sit there and lay down like, uh, you know, she's uh, <laughs> not going to be a victor. But I do want Greg Lopez, and I, I, I endorse Tina Peters, and I endorse Ron Hanks. That's our picks here at the household, young okay, man. Okay, Eric, and I'm, I'm glad to hear that and that uh, people can do with that. Because you, um, 
I respect your judgment immensely, obviously, and you've been you call in and you you have it always right, Eric. You just do. You're just one of those people, and somehow that's who you've settled on. Okay. I just wish that you would run for mayor, then we'd have a complete package. (laughs) (laughs) And then Javier could be what is the mayor assistant? Javier could be your assistant mayor. What do you think? What do they get? Lieutenant mayor? Is no, that, I, I would, uh, I would be Javier's assistant, and we'll have Javier do the do the, the actual being the mayor thing. I, I would and, I would serve that guy. And, qua- and Quattro, what would he be? <laughs> um, <laughs> we could have him be uh, – he could give most of the speeches. Yeah, right yeah. now he's dada, mama, and all that. You know, he's, he's got a few <laughs> syllables down. He'd speak better than Joe Biden, I tell you me. <laughs> Absolutely. But is your feeling just, that uh, that Lopez and Hanks and Peters will be um, more resistant to the swamp, that they're, uh, they're a little bit more independent thinkers and that they won't be um, able to be overrun by the usual, the usual uh, you know, beltway environment or even the, the swamp that we have here in Colorado? You know, Dr. Dunn, why I think it's so significant about Tina Peters is because the uh, um, indictments that they have against her and all the good people that are coming out for her, she plays a significant role in the voting system cheat that happened in 2020. See, and now that all the smart Republicans are out there, you know, with our eyes wide open, knowing that this is not going to happen again because, you know, we're prepared this time because yep. the Democrats, all, if they, you know, that's all they do is lie and evilly evil people that they are. They cheat. Yeah, I've noticed that. Mm-hmm. And every time I go to the gas pump, big and to the grocery oh store. Oh my gosh! The gas <laughs> oh my, pump. Oh yeah. Go to the grocery. Polis no more. We're, we're hanging out at all these expensive places these days, aren't we? The gas stations and grocery stores is like very exclusive environments. Eric, thank you, sir. Never give up sings Sia. I love that song. Never giving up. That is sort of the motto that all of us Republican voters need to have. Just never give up. Keep hammering, as Cameron Haynes says. I just read his great book about bull hunting and his extreme athleticism and just never giving up, keeping hammering, no matter what. I mean, it just looks grim. Oh, man, grim, ugly. This country, it's dying. We're losing the country. So never give up in spite of it all. Keep hammering. We're talking Colorado primary action. We had the lines full. One dropped off. We've got two. We've got one line open. Let's start saying hello to everybody. And I'll tell you, I've been folks have tried to draw me in a little bit on the primary business, but I, I, I'm not taking the bait. I'm just saying, let let's let voters figure it out. The experts don't know what they're talking about, in my opinion. People just have to figure it out. And again, we have the best shot at turning Colorado red if we can harness the true energy of the voters and the Republican Party to the candidate that they most seem to like. That's how you win. Let the voters. Figure out who they like the most. That's where the passion is. And then roll. Then let's roll, baby. All right. Let's talk to Casper. Casper, stock him. How are you doing, sir? Welcome to the program. I'm doing fine. I'm trying to get to a place where I can stop so I don't get a, uh, get a ticket or anything. Yeah. But, um, don't do a know, rollover every... or anything. Uh, chatting <laughs> exactly. to us here. Exactly. 
every other um, radio host has weighing in and given their um, endorsements in this race. And it's kind of, it's kind of interesting because it seems like, you know, the establishment is, is a little worried about their candidate not getting across the finish line. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a clear line this time because it's, uh, in some of these races, there's only like two people running and one is an establishment candidate and one is a grassroots candidate. So um, I think uh, you may have to kind of weigh on this, brother, because uh, it comes down to grassroots or, or establishment. You know, I'm, I'm endorsing. I don't care who the Democrats want. I want Greg Lopez to be the governor. Okay. So, so you're, you're on the Lopez side of the spectrum. Lopez, yes, sir. Lopez, Tina Peter, Peters, and Ron Hanks. Okay. Um, and those, those are the grassroots candidates. Okay, yeah, Casper, you're saying uh, Lopez and Hanks and Peters for you, and your background is a candidate for office a few times, run some great campaigns, and you head up the America First Republicans organization here in Colorado. And uh, so would you, would you tend to sense that uh, a lot of the America First world is kind of with you on, on that slate of candidates at the present time? They are. They are, I think, in, in mass number, not everybody, but a lot of folks are, are in that line of thinking. And I really don't care about the, you know, the hit pieces and everything else, the, the money the Democrats are spending because, you know, they want to go up against uh, Greg Lopez because they think he's going to be easy to beat. Well, I'm telling you, if Greg Lopez is the, is the candidate, uh, they will not be able to beat him. I don't care how much money they throw at him. Yeah, the Myra Flores scenario seems to be a, a little bit of a boost for Greg exactly. Lopez. And I also exactly. think that the Senate rhino sellout on the unconstitutional red flag laws harms their own more establishment candidates. And um, and again, I, 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 I just I believe in staying out of it in this particular case. I want to let, uh, you know, I, I have some instincts on all kinds of different sides. I kind of. I like everybody in some ways. I dislike everybody in some ways. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, I will now, say your, your now, slate, Casper, seems, seems pretty common sense in a lot of ways. Yeah. Now, um, I, I applaud Heidi for going to Life Choices because I hope Greg goes up there as well. You, every Republican should be up there um, pointing out that, you know, that attack. Um, and if, if Heidi wins the primary, I'm like 100% on board. I Good. Know, yep. You know. No hesitation at all, you know, in supporting her because she's she's really good people. It has nothing to do with who she is. It has to do with the fact that I want Greg as the governor. Fair enough. And I'll tell you, uh, Greg Lopez, he gives some just outstanding speeches. He's a really phenomenal speaker. And I will say that I have met Heidi Ganahl several times. And my gosh, she is so personable, so friendly so sharp. Right. Um, I mean, that, right. that's a hard. I mean, I like both of those folks. Um, and and on, say, on the Senate I side, the I will say this, that, you know, Ron Hanks was the only guy that went down to Arizona to check out the Maricopa County audit. He was kind of interested exactly. in what was going on down there. I, I, you know, do, any, do other people, have they done that? I don't know. Um, not only have they not done it, they don't believe he should have done it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, you know. Carry on. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead, sir. No, I was, <laughs> I was just going to say, um, um, actually, I forgot what I was going to say now. Thanks. Okay, well, fair enough. But, uh, you know, 
the the way you're talking makes a lot of sense. But uh, you know, I mean, who knows what is right? And that's kind of what I like to see in a primary: is where is the energy of the party, and who's the candidate that can best get out there and sell themselves, their issues, what they plan to do, and their their overall trustworthiness. Um, and the voters, I think, are they're they're pretty darn informed. And we beleaguered Republicans. I mean, we really want a red state, and we see big opportunities here. And uh, I think the way you find the best way to turn the state red is to find where the energy is and who comes out on top, right? And, yes, like all these games of Democrats are supposedly spending money and so we can't do what the Democrats want us to do. Again, that could be the reverse psychology. Who knows what that's really all about? Let's not clutter our minds with the big money people's games. That's, That's my advice is tune all that out. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I ignore all that. I just go with who I want. And at the end of the day, you know, whoever the, whoever the nominee is, I'll definitely support them. You know, if it's Joe O'Day, I'll support Joe O'Day yep. because he's better than, he's better than a Michael Bennett. But the challenge is the establishment is, it has a history of not supporting our candidates as in grassroots if they get in there. You know, so like if Greg wins the primary, I'm not expecting the establishment to support him at all in that effort. Right. And that's that's something that really bothers me when the establishment, they like to say that, uh, OK, you, uh, you know, grassroots voters out there, you didn't get your candidate, but you have to support the nominee. Right. You have to support right. the nominee, our establishment nominee, if that's who, you know, is really establishment. But then if it goes the other right. way, you don't see uh, you don't see them really like, uh, you know, do 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 the both ways thing. So that that is a problem. That uh, resonates with me. Yeah. Well, Casper Stockham, thank you for checking in. Thank you for the uh, for the courage to declare your allegiances there. And, you know, you're you, you know, Colorado politics better than anybody. So that's that's Casper's take. So thank you, sir, for staying close with us and for pulling off the road to share some insight. <laughs> and let's let's be no keeping problem. in close touch, sir. All the best to yes, Casper Stockham. And let's drift over and say hello to, let's see, Lynn. Lynn is next in Evergreen. Welcome, Lynn. We've only got 90 seconds, but any thoughts, Lynn? Okay, here's my thoughts. Dr. Matt, Dr. Matt, yes, I've ma'am. listened to you for years. Okay, so you know what? The only reason I knew there was a election coming up was roadside, you know, uh, vote for this guy, vote for that guy. And and vote here. Uh, I never ever ever received a ballot. Oh, interesting. You might have to go get one. You might have to make sure you're registered either as an R or a U or a D. Not a D, surely not. But you might have to go get yourself one, and you can do it on I'm election registered. day. I am registered. I have been all of my life, but I did not receive a ballot. Well, go get one, Lynn, because your voice is key, and primaries are key, 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 key. Got to okay. vote. Tuesday, deadline, Tuesday, 7 p.m. didn't receive a ballot and didn't know there was – I, I think this is primary election, correct? Yes, primary election, okay. Tuesday. Uh, for all those out there who did not receive a ballot, my gosh – I'm going to show up. I mean that. Find a way to do it, Lynn. Find a way. And by the way, Lynn, you are beautiful and amazing. We love to hear from you. Talk soon. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.